Welcome to the Rockman Podcast, the podcast that aims to inspire a healthier life with mental fortitude. I'm Terry Rosman, Rockman founder and your host today. In this episode, I'm going to talk about the science of mental resilience, what it is, how do you improve it, and why you should even care. Mental resilience is an essential life skill that will help you overcome any obstacle that comes your way. Whether you're struggling with personal problems or just want to be more successful in life, improving your mental resilience is key. If you'd like to be notified about new podcast releases and help this show grow, please be sure to hit the subscribe button below. And if you take any value from this podcast whatsoever, be sure to give us the thumbs up, leave us a review or share it with a friend. And don't forget, this podcast is brought to you by Rockman, the ultimate online challenge platform. At Rockman, we provide the challenges, sportswear, content and community to motivate you to push your body, strengthen your mind and achieve your next level of health, fitness and mental resilience around your everyday life from anywhere, anytime, all year round. Forge an unbreakable body and mind from the comfort of your own location without the restriction of fixed schedules, expensive gyms or equipment and outside of race day events. You can sign up and become a member of the team at rockman.co.uk. But now... Ladies and gentlemen, let's dive in. In today's episode, we are going to look at mental resilience. What is it? What are the benefits? What is the science behind it? And how we can formulate strategies to actually improve our mental resilience and overall quality of life. Who am I? Well, I'm Terry Rosman. I am the founder of Rockman, the ultimate online challenge platform. Now, I don't profess to be an elite athlete, the most fittest person in the world, or the most mental resilient. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a professional. I just have a deep interest in mental resilience and a keen belief that it is the cornerstone to living a happy and healthy life. So hopefully I'm just taking you with me on this journey of education to better improve our knowledge and better improve our lives. Firstly, I want to start a story about a friend which sums up the importance of mental resilience in our everyday lives. So my friend was on a stag do and they were set to take part in an aerial runway activity. You know the you know the ones where you hold on to sort of like handlebars and you zip down a wire at something like 20 miles an hour. Well, they were set up to take on one that was designed for children. And when he stepped up to the board to take off, he actually had a panic attack and he had to get taken back down. And bear in mind, this was for children. This, was, this wasn't massive, intimidating one. This was sort of a low-key aerial runway. Well, I asked him sort of, why did that happen? And he said, Terry, I haven't done anything stressful for the last 30 years of my life. I've lived quite a very comfortable life. I've never gone to the gym. I've never done a challenge. I have always lived comfortably. So when he was presented with a threat on a stressor that was far outside his comfort zone, his nervous system wasn't able to deal with it. Hence, he ended up having a panic attack. Now, to me, this story really sums up the importance of mental resilience in our life. And if we are not actively maintaining its strength throughout our lives, when adversity does hit us, and adversity will hit us, we are all going to face huge challenges within our life at some point or another. If you are better primed to deal with the stressor when it presents itself, you're going to get through quicker and in better nick at the end of it. And you're going to prevent yourself slipping into anxiety, panic attacks, and stress-induced 
depression. The benefits of mental resilience are pretty clear within the literature. Now, I've always said mental resilience is the cornerstone of living a happy and healthy life. And the literature just shows that. These are some of the, these are the benefits of having good, strong mental resilience. There is better mental health. You have better physical health. You have fewer limitations in daily living. You have higher education attainment. You have greater productivity. You have better employment. You have greater earnings. You get better relationships with adults and children. You have more social cohesion and engagement. And you have an improved quality of life. And I also found that there's an improved recovery from illness. So, which I found fascinating. Now, the key word here is it's actually a perceived recovery. So, it's um, whether or not you physically recover better than others, but your perception of how you recover from an injury or an illness you you perceive it to be better <laughs> which so this is this is ticking all the boxes and all areas that i think we can take value from in life when you're talking about mental health physical health recovering from illness education productivity employment earnings relationships it really ticks all the boxes so this this just shows how important it is that we hone in our mental resilience and maintain its strength throughout our living so first off Let's take a look at what exactly is mental resilience. Now, first off, there is no single agreed-upon definition of mental resilience. Brilliant start. (laughs) So, as always, when you're looking at scientific literature, they're they're always arguing about something or other. So, with mental resilience, there's no agreed-upon definition. The literature ranges from a prevention of mental health disturbance. So, quite a strong definition there the successful adaptation and swift recovery after experiencing life's adversities, which is probably the definition that we most resonate with or remember. It's also been described as a trait that enables an individual to recover from stress symptom-free and to face the stressor with optimism. I think ultimately, mental resilience is your bounce-back ability. It's how quick you can recover from being under stress, or how quick you can mitigate that stress and get back to net zero of stress to be able to deal with stress again sooner rather than later. So let's have a look at the science now to see what's happening internally within us when we are faced with a stressor. Now, I'm going to be trying to say some technical scientific terms because I've got this out of textbooks now. Um, Expect me to fluff them. (laughs) I swear I'm half dyslexic anyway. But here we go. I'm going to give it a go. There's some big words here. So the hypothalamic, penitentiary, and adrenal axis is the primary mechanism responsible for coordinating the body's reaction to stress. Yes, I got it. Nailed it. When the body experiences a stimulus that deems threatening, this system releases corticotropin-releasing hormones and arginine-vasopressin into the portal vessels. This subsequently triggers the production and secretion of adrenocorticotropic hormone, ACTH, from the anterior lobe of the penitary. This, in turn, stimulates increases in the production and release of cortisol from the adrenal gland. Cortisol travels throughout the body, inciting the physiological changes required to cope with the stressor. Cortisol promotes arousal, attention, memory formation, and increased blood glucose and blood pressure. Essentially, this is triggering your fight-or-flight mode. 
So when you are met with a stressor or a threat, your the whole this whole stress reaction mechanism is turned on, resulting in your body releasing cortisol within your bloodstream to prime your body ready for action, ready for movement, flight or flight, fight or flight. This is your body getting ready to actually survive what's going what it's going through it's greeted with a stressor it's greeted with a threat your body's priming itself ready to actually overcome the hurdle and survive the situation that you're in um it's a lot like when you have a car and you flip it into sports mode so when you flip your car into sports mode and all the oils changes the hydraulics change um maybe the car lowers maybe a spoiler comes out maybe the steering changes maybe the ABS brake switch off, your your car is then ready for action. It's ready to, to perform. And that is essentially what's happening within your body when you are greeted with a stressor. Now, it's important to notice that your body only has, from what I can tell, one reaction to stress, and it is this system. Now, there's going to be different levels. A lot like a, a lever or a tap, you, you are internally gauging the level of the stress and your body is... turning the tap it's deciding whether it needs to just do a little bit or a lot to get you moving so it's a little bit movement or a lot so you can have low levels of stress um, throughout your day and your tap will just be left on a little bit or you could have a big huge stressor and then the tap is turned on massively but it's important to know, know that because your body can't tell the difference between you standing in front of a lion or you just dropping your favorite glass in the kitchen they're both stressors, and you're both your body interprets them both as stressors, but your body can't tell which is which. It just has this one reaction, on or off, on high or on low or on medium. So if we have a look at the negative effects of stress, so what? because there are good levels of stress. You do need stress to perform under pressure. You do need this stress mechanism if you are in uh, a dangerous or threatening or stressful situation to help you get out, to help you move. But what are the negative effects of stress? What happens if this stress tap is turned on for too long, for prolonged periods? So it says here that chronic stress is actually negatively taxing on the body for a start. Studies show the longer you are in this stress mode, the longer it actually erodes upon this stress system that you have, affecting how well you can actually deal with stress in the future. Studies have also shown that hostility, aggression are associated with increased cardiovascular activity in response to stress as well. So you're not going to be a very nice person when you're around to be around when you're stressed as well. You know, I think we, we, we can all get a bit grouchy, uh, especially when we're hangry. <laughs> and it also says, while anxiety, neuroticism and generalized negative effects are also associated with poor cardiovascular recovery following stress. So if you're under a long period of stress, Following that stress, there are also negative effects of anxiety and neuroticism and other general uh, negative effects. Psychobiological studies provided growing evidence of how chronic low-level stress gets under the skin through neuroendocrine, cardiovascular and immune systems, influencing hormone releases of cortisol, cholesterol levels, blood pressure and inflammation. So this is also saying that these that low-level stress over a long period of time is just as dangerous, just as dangerous too. Um, I mean, we're all well aware that when your blood pressure is high, when your cholesterol levels are high, you are increasing your risks of 
physical health, heart attacks, strokes. We've probably all heard the saying that stress is as bad for you as smoking. So, effectively, mental resilience is your body's ability to adaption and recovery from the body's stress response. So, if we're going to use a weightlifting analogy, previously you may have thought that um, mental resilience is your ability to deal with the load that you're bearing on the bar. When in fact, mental resilience is your body's ability to unload the bar as quickly as possible and get back to the neutral position. It's all about unloading the bar and offloading the stress that you're under rather than dealing with the weight of the bar. So effectively what mental resilience is, is your mind's ability to override your body's and mind's reaction to stress. Uh, you are trying to stop this mechanism kicking in as much as possible. Yeah, you're trying to stop the spikes, uh, the stress level spiking. By having these mental uh, strategies in place, you can mitigate any sort of spikes or increases in levels or activation of this system to main to give you the longevity, to give you the endurance to keep going for longer periods of time and get through the stressful period that you're actually under at that time. I hope that makes sense. And a funny, so I did a white collar boxing fight once and um, that was really stressful actually, learning to get into the ring and, and learning to fight. And bear, bear in mind, I, I, I'm not no Mike Tyson at all. But one of the key things about that was what you're learning to do in the ring is to relax because it's, it's not a natural um, situation to be in. And what happens is you this stress system kicks in, you stiffen up, you, 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 you tighten your muscles, you're using energy, you're wasting energy, and you tire so quickly. I'll tell you what, a three-minute round can feel like an hour sometimes. What you're trying to do mentally is override the stress response from your body. You're trying to relax in the most unrelaxing uh, situation that you could ever be, a fight. But the, the more you can relax, the better you will perform mentally and physically. And the more chance you've actually got of getting out of there a winner or something like that. So what are the psychological processes then that uh, enable someone to be uh, mentally resilient? Well, there's a number of psychological states and traits that have been repeatedly associated with resilience. And these include positive emotions, humour, optimism, social support and pro-social behaviour. So then how does how does one utilise these strategies in order to become more resilient and, or to mitigate the spikes in stress to have the longevity to survive? Well, it all boils down to essentially a perception of what you're dealing with. Positive emotions, or there's a, there's a number of components of when we engage positive emotions. And it starts with an internal or external trigger. You then have an interpretation of that trigger. You have an appraisal of that interpretation. You have a physiological reaction and then a conscious awareness and an obvious behavior. So what does that mean? In day-to-day lives, we are given a trigger. For example, you see a friend across the road who doesn't wave at you. You have an interpretation of that trigger. So it's, right, I've just saw my friend, that is my friend, over the road, he hasn't waved at me. Um, 
you then have an appraisal of that interpretation. So this is where you're consciously going, how do I perceive this? Do I think of this negatively or do I think of this positively? A negative way to think about it would be, he's just blanked me. That That's not very nice. <laughs> he owes me five pound. You then have a physiological reaction to that where maybe you get angry. And then you have a conscious awareness and an obvious behavior where maybe you, you blank him or you give him the finger. A way that we can turn a negative emotion into a less negative or positive emotion is by reframing or reappraising uh, what you've just interpreted. So it's that step three, it's the appraisal of that interpretation. You can consciously decide to take a less negative or positive view on the scenario that you're given. Now this can be very hard, you, you can have grown gone all your life um, thinking fairly negatively maybe, but which in itself is a survival mechanism as well. To be negative is to keep, to protect you and keep you survived, not put you into dangerous situations. But if you have the ability to reframe what you've just seen into a less negative or positive way, it, you're not going to have these physiological changes that are going to induce stress. Let me read this from the textbook. So reframing and reappraisal. In general, the abilities to use one's cognitive facilities to frame an event in a relatively positive light promotes a quick recovery from the stress. So that's what we're saying. Now, you can't always like um, completely switch a negative situation into a positive one. For example, if you're doing a 100-mile run, once you're, once you're hitting mile 50 and your legs start breaking down and you're under physical pain, it's very hard to actually see the good in that. But what you can do, I mean, this is what all mental resilience is about. It's, it's about trying your best to just mitigate and lessen that spike in the cortisols, to lessen the effects and the negative effects of being under stress. So even if you can reduce your pain by 10%, you know, working towards your next energy gel and going, yes, I've got my energy gel or breaking it down by mile by mile to, to seemingly get through the race quicker or remembering why you're there. If you can just mitigate some of that stress and reduce some of those stress levels, you're going to give yourself the longevity to hopefully cross that finish line. Another tactic as well is humor. And, and along in the same lines, it's, these are all, it's all, following the same concept of just viewing something it's a perception of what you're viewing slightly differently or in a less negative or positive way this is what the textbooks say humor is a second strategy known to contain the threatening nature of stressful situations through cognitive reappraisal identified as one of the most mature defense mechanisms humor may lessen the likelihood of developing stress-induced depression Humour, it has been suggested, may reduce depressive symptoms by reducing tension and discomfort and by attracting social support. Now, the Royal Marine Commandos actually have a saying, humour in the face of adversity. And this is why this is scientifically shown. It's a way of reframing what you're doing. When they're slogging it out and they're up against the wall, if they can view things in a humorous way, it's going to reduce the cortisol levels. It's going to reduce that stress response. And as it just said there, it can actually reduce stress-induced depression. Like this, this is key to living a happy, healthy life. Optimism is another key strategy. Again, straight down the reappraisal, the reframing and reappraisal route. Optimism, the in inclination to adopt the most hopeful interpretation of an event, is a trait that influences emotional regulation as it is associated not only with resilience, but also with greater life satisfaction and the increased psychological and physical health. Always looking for the good in an outcome. 
obviously sometimes in this in situations whether you're performing whenever you're running a race whether in life and you've lost a loved one it's going to be very hard to find the optimism or reframing in any situation but if you can just find something that's less negative reduce your suffering or your stress system by five to ten percent it's going to help you in the long run and it's going to help you get back to net zero with this with stress quicker and in, in better condition meaning making is another strategy so the ability to find meaning in even the most distressing events is another cognitive strategy that can effectively buffer against negative feelings and their consequences and which is associated with resilience a sense of purpose and an internal framework of beliefs about right and wrong are characteristic of resilient individuals. Religious and spiritual beliefs and practices might also facilitate recovery and find meaning after trauma. Prime example there is religion. They find meaning in everything. But my wife as well, Whenever when anything goes bad in her life, she always says, it's a sign. Um, when one door shuts, another one opens. Or everything happens for a reason. And it's this sort of optimistic belief within herself that there's meaning behind the tragedy or negative situation that has happened, which gives her the positive emotion to take the right steps forward, to keep her going. And I think we can all take um, leaves out of that book. So social competence and pro-social behavior is another area, another strategy. So this is what the textbook's saying. In addition to these internal mechanisms, the nature of one's social interactions can also promote or constrain positive emotionality. For instance, a study of married women demonstrated that holding hands with their husbands attenuated neural responses to the threat of receiving a shock, a response that was proportional to the quality of their relationship. So how interesting that. By having social support around you, it can actually, again, give you the confidence and support that you need to reduce that stress mechanism and hopefully give you the resilience to carry on and get through the things. This is why social um, communities are so important and this is what we do at Team Rockman. We have this online social community and it's so strong and the, the support people get and the motivation and the inspiration that people get, it gives them the boost that they need to tackle the ugly, ugly challenges that we lay down week in, week out for them. If you're able to get a good, solid social support network around you, you're going to find the benefits in that. We're social animals at the end of the day, as humans. So if you can have the people around you, they're going to give you the support and the accountability that you need to keep moving forward. The final strategy I just want to talk about right now are challenges. So, so you may not get the opportunity day-to-day -day life to employ all these strategies all the time. And this is why at Rockman we give our members weekly challenges. We believe in challenging ourselves week in, week out with physical challenges to push your limits, to put you out of your comfort zone, to put you under controlled artificial stress environments where you can practice these coping strategies to increase your mental resilience, increase your overall quality of life and your ability to deal with the stresses and pressures of life because adversity is coming. Life is just a series of hurdles and obstacles that we have to take on every single day and one day you're going to be greeted with a big, big challenge. In your life, physical, fitness, running or relationships, social, employment, you're going to have a big challenge. And if you're prepped and primed and ready and you've got these tools in your toolkit to deal with it, you're going to get out to the other side quicker and in better nick. 
This is why it is so important. So to conclude, what did we learn today? So we have learned that mental resilience isn't a chest-beating, muscle-flexing, I'm-strong system. Mental resilience is your ability to mitigate the stress. It is your ability to reduce the stress that you're under as quickly as possible to give you the longevity to survive and to keep going. And if you bear that in mind when you're greeted with these uh, challenges in life or challenges in fitness, if you're able to just, if you can't reduce it all, if you can just reduce the stress by 10%, it's going to help and it's going to give you extra longevity and endurance. Because too much stress, prolonged periods of stress, are very bad for our health, mentally and physically. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast, and I will catch you again soon. Ta-ra. don't forget this podcast is brought to you by rockman the online challenge platform for those with a deep desire to test and further their limits and live a healthier life with fortitude at rockman we provide the challenges sportswear content and community to motivate you to push your limits strengthen your mind and achieve your next level of health fitness and mental resilience Take part around your everyday life all year round from the comfort of your own location without the restriction of fixed schedules, expensive gyms or equipment and outside of race day events. You can sign up and become a member of the team at rockman.co.uk.